The flight deck is made possible by the generous donors supporting the Museum of Flight. You can support this podcast and the Museum of Flight's other initiatives across the United States and the world by visiting museumofflight.org slash podcast. Hello and welcome to The Flight Deck, the podcast of the Museum of Flight in Seattle, Washington. I am your host, Sean Mobley. For today's episode, I sat down with Kevin Gordon, a pilot for a major commercial airline, to answer questions submitted by you, the listeners, to the Museum of Flight social media. We had a chat about rules for texting and driving at 10,000 feet, what exactly a co-pilot on a jet airliner is, and answer that age-old question, do airplanes have keys? Kevin, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. As first officer, what role is that exactly within the cockpit? Basically, we take turns flying. It's the pilot flying, pilot not flying, but it's it's based on experience and your date of hire. So first officer, you can be first officer right now up to about four years, and then you can upgrade to captain. So money's different and all that. So it's it's, it's a life decision that you want to make. But um, right now, first officer means I'm, I am second in charge. The captain is the PIC, the pilot in command, um, very much second in command of, of the aircraft. People think of pilot and co-pilot and don't think in terms of rank. So we don't How use those words. It's, it's from... captain and first officer okay. is the way, we, you know, it's loosely based on, you know, military ranks. But um, yeah, captain is in charge and first officer is first officer in charge. Well, we have some other questions that have been submitted by listeners. Sean, not me, Sean, different Sean. <laughs> from Mount Vernon, Washington. He asks, after a long day of flying, do your arms get tired? So in a commercial airline, airplane, we take off, we hand fly, and then it's up to us when we want to turn on the autopilot. Below 1,000 feet, we have to hand fly the airplane. Above 1,000 feet, we can push autopilot, and then you kind of drive the airplane with dials and switches and buttons in the flight computer. I prefer to fly it up until at least 20-something thousand feet or until all the turns are done and there's nothing else fun to do. <laughs> but like say yesterday, I just came back from New York City. Six-hour flight, basically. Five hours and 54 minutes, I think. We're on autopilot, and we're not hand-flying, so my arms don't get tired because we're on autopilot. So I think maybe Sean is envisioning flying a plane a lot like driving a car, mm-hmm. hands on the steering wheel always making corrections so it's not quite like that in a cockpit. Not in the middle of the flight. We do the beginning and the end, and no, arms are not going to get tired. And there's armrest too. The, the seats are very comfortable, adjusted 10 different ways, you know. So it's it's comfortable enough when you have to sit for six hours. Yeah. So and armrests and, and all that. And then we also take breaks when we fly. So on a six-hour flight... I'm probably going to take three different breaks and use the restroom. And a flight attendant's going to come in because there's always going to be two people in the flight deck. I'll go back in the galley, first class restroom, take a break, stretch, talk to the flight attendant that's guarding because there's always someone guarding the flight deck when the, one of us pilots is out. So we can get the blood flowing through our legs, rest, mm-hmm. 
get just yeah get let your brain reset a little bit yeah so and so the, the the best one is we usually do it like 30 minutes before we land <laughs> yeah the last thing we as passengers want the pilot thinking about yep. is i need to go to the bathroom as you're coming in for nope. a landing nope because you never know if you're gonna have to get there and get delayed or hold or whatever so that's yeah. true that's very true yeah on a related note then what do the pilots and the other crew do during the long flights you know these big new york flights or, or transatlantic so we flights. joke so us pilots all we want to do is stand up and take our <laughs> take our breaks all the flight attendants want to do is sit down <laughs> so when we do these coordinated breaks the flight attendants love to come in there's actually a jump seat in the in the flight deck and then they can come that actually sit down for a minute but, that, but that's just the a flight attendant the main flight attendant gets to do that. During the course of the flight, we always have recurrent training that we're doing. And so we can kind of kill two birds with one stone and we can do our training while we're flying. So, and it's all on iPads now. All of our manuals, all of our charts, everything else is on an iPad. So I have my iPad out and I finished up my quarterly training yesterday while I was flying. So do that, depending on the captain, some like to talk, some don't. How often are you paired with the same crew? That's a good question. Alaska Airlines, we have, well, it's about to change because we just merged with a, another airline, Virgin America. In terms of other captains, there's, I'll just say a thousand for a round number. And sometimes you might fly with the same one two months in a row. And sometimes you may not see them for two years. Hmm. So when I get a trip, we have a list of who's going to be on the flight crew. So it's me, the captain, and four flight attendants. There's four flight attendants on the 737. It's one flight attendant per 50 seats. And so I look and see if I recognize any names. And so sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. And a lot of times you're flying with someone that you've never flown with. And then sometimes, well, I've flown with you five times. It varies. I've been with the airline now for three years. So it depends on how long you've been there mm -hmm. also. so How yeah. does that change the dynamic in the cockpit? Everything is standardized in terms of how we operate and checklists. And I mean, that's how airline works. You can fly with anyone and we're going to do the same call outs and all that. But you learn someone's style or their, you know, you also know where they live and how many kids they have. And, you know, they know that I have a daughter and different mm -hmm. things. And then you already have a rapport, you know, starting if you already know them. And if you don't, Alaska Airlines is a great airline and hires great people and you're going to get along. That's good. Yeah. Because six hours next to someone who is not interesting can be, can be brutal, I'm sure. But then you, yeah, you make do. Yeah. You do your job. <laughs> Katie in Kirkland had the question, what do pilots wish fearful flyers like me knew or understood? When someone comes up and they say, oh, I'm a white knuckle flyer, I don't like it. I say, don't worry. I like you already. I just met you, but I love me. And I'm going to make sure that I get me there. Because <laughs> so I want to be back for my family and my daughter. And if I get me there, then you're going to be just fine. People's fears are being out of control. We are the most highly trained. We go to training every year. I've been in so many training cycles throughout. I have 8,000 hours flying right now. And we are so highly trained. It's almost muscle memory if something were to happen with that airplane what we're going to do turbulence that airplane can handle way more than you can imagine you see the wings flexing out there mm -hmm. they're built like a bridge essentially and they can bend 10 times more than you've ever seen them bend when you're flying wow 
Now, turbulence, it's uncomfortable. We don't like it either. So, you know, we also have crew meals, right? So you're trying to eat back there. And during the six-hour flight, we're trying to eat too. So we're going to do our best. We're talking to air traffic control to find the best altitudes of where to fly. So if 33,000 feet is not smooth, but they say 35,000 is, and we're light enough to do it, we're going to climb and find that smooth air. So when you do your training, uh, how much of your like time in simulators is spent on emergency training and how much of it is spent on sitting back and doing standard? Our recurrent training every year is three days in a simulator and it is essentially all emergencies. <laughs> so we joke like this is the worst airplane ever is the broken airplane <laughs> <laughs> and the instructor is back there pushing buttons and making so it we, tough we, on you. They are putting us through realistic situations and things that have happened in real life in the airplanes. We're doing a lot of single engine flying and emergencies and complex situations where we have to go through our, what's called our quick reference handbook or quick reference checklist. It's what you have done and trained. And so when it happens, you just go through it methodically. It's kind of like playing a piano in that eventually you've played it so many times that you're not looking at the notes. You're just doing what you're what your brain tells you. And it's you funny, to do. I'm a piano player since I was eight <laughs> years old. So, yeah, some of the stuff come, becomes muscle memory. Right. So, an engine failure, go arounds. And in but, general, they don't happen. I mean, the reason they make so much news when they happen is that. Because it doesn't happen. It doesn't Airplanes happen are very, 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 very safe. Right. So. I think we have time for one more question here. This is a question from Dan in Kansas City, Missouri. So and they're good barbecue. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Kansas City barbecue. Uh, he says, what are the rules about texting while flying? I'm All guessing right. he means for you as pilots. Yeah, so as pilots, obviously the airplanes now have Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. We are not Do allowed have, to. you have to pay the $19.99 for no, Google we, Go No, we are not allowed to use the <laughs> entertainment purposes of this. Our newer airplanes, in Alaska Airlines, we I fly a new airplane. I just flew a brand new one yesterday. Oh, wow. And they have Wi-Fi for the flight deck, which means I can use my weather application which means I could see radar and live radar for where I'm going. But it's very spelled out in our flight operations manual that we can do that, but we cannot use free chat. We can't use the Wi-Fi for entertainment. We can't watch movies. Kind of on that note, I'm curious, what was the new plane? What was the model? It was a Boeing what? It's still a 737. All okay. of our new airplanes now are the 737. Did it have that new plane smell? How was they it? They do, yeah. <laughs> when you get one of these brand brand new airplanes, they, they smell like a new airplane, and yeah. you can tell. And when I'm doing the pre-flight, the one thing you can tell with a new airplane, I have to look up in the wheel well and do a pre-flight of hydraulic lines and all sorts of stuff. It is so clean inside. <laughs> Grease and things haven't gotten around it, you know. It's Right. So I can tell on the outside and on the inside when I get a brand new airplane. Can you feel it when you're flying too? There's there's certain things that they've changed and certain things. The 737 has been around since the 60s. Mm -hmm. So there's certain things that have changed. There's certain things that have not changed. Right. And uh, certain things, yeah, switches just feel a little crisper. I don't, I don't right. want to describe, you know. Right. So it's like getting a new car, you know, it's yeah. the knobs no, click can, a little louder. The... Yeah. You can tell when it's not been worn out as yeah. much as some. One more quick question then. So do airplanes have keys? Small airplanes. Yes. Have a key. Uh, single engine Cessna. They'll have a key for the door and you'll actually have a key for, it's not the ignition, it's the magnetos <clears throat> that will start the airplane. When you start getting into multi-engine airplanes, one with two propellers, they'll have a key for the door. So you can lock it. There's no, you're not going to have two keys to start the engine. There'll be 
switches <laughs> and all that. And as far as I have seen on my commercial airlines, airplanes, not a key. Now, I volunteer here, and on the 787, there's a commemorative key, right? I think when we get a new delivery in an airplane, someone that's very important gets that commemorative key. <laughs> <laughs> we never see it because the, an airplane is always under positive control of someone, of a gate agent or whatever. So, but, um, so that old Seinfeld bit about the pilot forgetting the key, and that's why the flight is delayed. Not on a commercial airliner. <laughs> Maybe on a, even a private jet, because you still want a key to lock the door when you park it, but not on a commercial airliner. Right. So. Well, Kevin, thank you again so much for your time. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Flight Deck, the podcast of the Museum of Flight in Seattle, Washington. Kevin is a volunteer here at the museum, and one of his favorite places to hang out at the museum is the Alaska Airlines Aerospace Education Center, where you might spot him in his pilot uniform answering questions like these and helping inspire the next generation of pilots, especially during our free First Thursday evening programs. The AEC is one of the gems here at the museum, a place for people of all ages to learn more about the aerospace industry with interactive exhibits, 3D printers. You can even do your own pre-flight inspection of our Cirrus SR-20, which, by the way, is a plane with a built-in parachute. Super cool. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with our episodes and please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you downloaded us from. You can contact the show at podcast at museumofflight.org. Until next time, I am your host, Sean Mobley, saying we'll see you out there, folks. <laughs>